Welcome to Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. My name is Carol Woolham Roberts. And I'm her husband, Paul. And we are the creators of Grow Me a Story. Our website dedicated to the idea that everyone is creative. And inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. As your creativity cultivators, Paul and I will be bringing in some special guests throughout 2022 to talk with us about the deep joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. We are continuing today with retired educator, actor, musician, and dear friend, Joy Pursun. Today, you'll hear Joy talk about, among other things, being a mother and a grandmother, and the challenges that arose as she tried to balance those roles while pursuing a creative, full-time career. Two episodes in the books and two more to go in this inaugural Dreams and Bones podcast. Here is part three of our interview with Joy Pursun. You talking about kind of a dry spell and um, talking to God and, you know, we've kind of come up with the seasons of creativity and and I think about almost that time was kind of a winter time for you mm-hmm. where even though you may not have been productive doing things things were happening in you know yeah. I think of it as a you know when you plant bulbs in the fall they aren't dead in the ground they're they're doing stuff you just don't see them and you don't see the fruit of that till spring and I think we're the same as creative people, we, or, you know, all of us, we go through these times where we have to be still. Because if we're always going, going, doing, doing, you get burnt out mm-hmm. and, and you don't process things. And, and that's what I've been learning just about. And, and even just paying more attention to things and how that's just so important. And, and I think, you know, like you said, I think for many people, it's hard to be quiet and to just sit still and, but it's important. It is important. You know, there was one time in my life uh, when my daughter was first born. And I um, I saved the uh, calendar as a reminder to myself how out of control I was of my life. Mm. And it was before my first husband and I were divorced, but we, were, uh, we had Kinsey. And um, I had started to double book singing things at the same time. So can you imagine what my mind was going through because I told somebody I'd sing over there and then I'd sing over here <laughs> and then I had a baby mm-hmm. and I always took the baby with me and she'd sit on the floor beside me and I'd perform and then I'd go. And there was a, a, a time that I started panic attacks and, and I ended up in the hospital for like seven days. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember my doctor saying, you're not going anywhere. You're just going to sit here and lay here and relax. And I had a new baby and... And every day my minister would come and read me Romans 8. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. And I remember laying there in that bed thinking, but I got to get out of here. I got to do this. Yes. (laughs) And my mom finally came and said to me, Joy, you know, we have a loving God, but don't you think that if you don't calm down and let 
God speak to you that he will find a way to get your attention? <laughs> and I said, are you saying God did this? And I, she said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. But I said, she would say, does he have your attention? <laughs> and back then that made sense. That mm-hmm. was 36 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so here I ran up against something else. And mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I have your attention. I don't know. If, I mean, COVID, that's a bit much word. I don't <laughs> think that's necessary. <laughs> But the other thing was, I didn't think, who appreciates me now? I'm sitting over there alone. I can't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm i just sitting there. I'm nobody. I'm a nobody. I'm not misperceived anymore. Mm-hmm. No one's coming up telling me I'm doing wonderful things. And you know, Paul, mm-hmm. that's a hurt mm-hmm. when you have been somebody who has been a leader. And then you find out, start to find out that you, people love you because they love you. Right. It's not because of what you can do for them. Mm-hmm. And that is probably, as I'm getting in the, the autumn of my life, mm-hmm. one of the most important things I've realized. Mm-hmm. You two aren't just theater people to mm-hmm. me. You are my, you're part of my life. Mm-hmm. You're part of, mm-hmm. you're an appendage of me. Mm-hmm. And that has been a great lesson. I can sit at home for four or five days alone now and talk to somebody on the phone and not worry about it and not get all worked up mm-hmm. because I know people love me, mm-hmm. not what I can do for them, right. which was all what I thought they mm-hmm. liked me for. Yeah. And so um, it's, I've learned. Mm-hmm. That's my creativity now is mm-hmm. knowing and learning how to be somebody other than what people always thought I was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, well, and I think, I mean, I look great. at you, the people you would have to your home, especially like younger teachers, and you would, mm-hmm. you would kind of embrace that. And it was, it was, uh, there was some creativity, whether it was creative, loving, but yeah, bringing those people into your home, into your backyard, you know, showing them, showing them love mm-hmm. and, you know, letting them know that, yeah, someone here cares about you and, and is here to listen if you're, you know, pulling your hair out because you had a bad day at school, right. you know, right. and yeah, but uh, yeah, and and again, I think that's all part of that creativity, but I think, you know, where you coming to the point of realizing people love me for who I am, but a lot of that was nurtured in those times of Well, and I didn't realize that I was nurturing them right. in that way. right, right. You know, and but I, I think that's good. Yeah, because you just did. It. I mean, it was just kind of like you weren't you didn't have an agenda. You weren't like, oh, gosh, well, I need to, you know. Yeah. yeah, it was just part of who you were. And if I saw somebody having difficulties, I wanted him to know that there was somebody in that building that loved him. Mm-hmm. When people would say, you know, people are breaking into little groups and I would say, well, you know, that's a problem I don't identify with because I'm in every group. And, right. I, and so can the rest of you be if you would put out the effort, mm-hmm. which would make our jobs much better. Right. You know, and so that was never, I loved that part of teaching. It wasn't just the kids. It mm-hmm. was the people in my job were so important to mm-hmm. me and still are to this day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, I'm learning. I'm still creating every day I get them create. And not feel guilty that I'm not, you know, with retirement. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, my friends are in up and they're at school and it's 630. I was at school <laughs> at 615 every morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here I am laying in bed and it's 625. And I should, it was so hard for me not to feel guilty about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And now it's not. 
-hmm. I don't lay in bed and just do nothing all day, but I don't feel angst about, oh, I got to get up. Mm -hmm. I got to do something to prove to myself I'm somebody. Mm -hmm. No, I don't. I'll put a puzzle together. I can put a puzzle together. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that before. Mm -hmm. If we're going to put it together, let's get it together. <laughs> get it off the table. So if we have people over dinner, it would go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And it was, but it was always somebody else. It was not, right. it, what is it you need to do? Yeah. So I guess maybe I'm being selfish in that way, but I think it's a natural thing. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's a lot, there's a difference to me between being selfish and maybe self-care. Yeah. I mean, I think... Many of us are learning because I think we have, we grew up and or maybe in church, you know, oh, you have to think of everybody else. Think of yourself and, you know, you're selfish. But if we don't take care of ourselves, then we can't take care of other people. No. And we have to be in a point exactly. where, yeah, where we're healthy. So then we can take care of those other people. Other people, our children, our grandchildren, right. Right. Uh, you know, an example for them. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't end. I just think that it's important as you get older, you get creative with your own kids and your grandkids. Mm -hmm. And you create the ability. It's like all my, I hope they don't listen to this, all my grandkids are all getting instruments mm -hmm. of some sort. Mm -hmm. I want them to find out what they like. This won't be on until January, so you're good. <laughs> You know, oh, if, exactly. If I see yeah. somebody who keeps beating on the floor in rhythm, I have one that just never stops singing and noises. So I bought him a big keyboard, and, and I'm starting, I'm going to give him lessons mm -hmm. until he drives me crazy, and yeah. I don't stop. But I just think it's important. My daughter, oh, she's very creative, mm -hmm. to the point where she's going down the road I went, and I'd mm -hmm. say, you need to watch it, baby. Yeah. It's going to kill you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I think creativity drives us to stay alive. I think we are driven to do it. Mm -hmm. But we need to be aware of what it is, and is it doing good? Is it doing bad? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about creative things I've seen that are totally disruptive. Right, right. right. And I just think, how, at what point am I like that's not uh, that's not good creation. That's mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. terrible. Mm -hmm. And and who am I to say that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think when you look at creativity that way, I think. Things can be used in a bad way, mm -hmm. and they are. Yeah. Or some people Definitely. can look at, um, like there might be a very dark, disturbing movie that, for me, that's not my thing. But for some people... But why about filling your minds? I talk about right. to my, my grandkids and, and my kids, but, you know, my grandkids, why do you... Why do you want to watch about this monster, you know, yeah. or this movie with this monster? Why do you like to watch? It's so dark and, and mm -hmm. it's, oh, crap, it's so exciting, you know. But for me, I said, I don't like to fill my head with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't watch movies about the devil. I don't even mm -hmm. acknowledge the devil. I, I said, I went to the exorcist. My grandkids love this. I went oh. to the exorcist in 1972 with my boyfriend. I sat through about the first 30 minutes, put my coat over my head and sang, Near My God, <laughs> the rest of the movie, because I was so scared. And I have never, ever watched another scary movie, especially if it's got anything about demons. Mm -hmm. And I say to them, do not give darkness an opportunity in yeah. your life. Fill your life with something else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
sometimes say, you know, I'm the fanatic grandma, and but That's okay. I really believe it. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. believe it. And there's so much out there that those kids have accessibility to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That your parents can't keep track of it all. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just said, don't. There are so many wonderful things out there. Mm-hmm. You, and we never have enough time in life to get it all. Yeah. And so we'll see what happens. I think, I think you and I uh, grew up in the, in the religious atmosphere that Absolutely. we, that we did where, where there was the perception was that almost all of that creative stuff was either selfish and mm-hmm. self-centered or it was dark and and there was no no good in that and i and i think that that, that yeah you said it today that stifled uh some creativity that that kept us from uh from being as as adventuresome as we might have been otherwise adventuresome versus what we thought was naughty well, right? yes you know and yeah. it, and it was just mm-hmm. And then when we would discover it, for me, it was like, holy cow, good mm-hmm. time. You yeah. Know? yeah. And then I had to pull it all back in when I went to Northwest Nazarene. And it was like, what's wrong with you people? So, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, it was things that necessarily weren't bad. It just never was part of my life. And it was like, why are we, why are we this way? Mm-hmm. Why are we this way? Yeah, I know. In, um, you know, I remember being in high school in youth group. And, you know, that was kind of when all the back masking of the move music and you know all oh, these yeah, different yeah. things were evil mm-hmm. and you know and I and I watch I really like watching documentaries about music groups mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. and like this one about the Beatles just came out and I've, and other things and and it's like you know when you watch these things you realize how dedicated they were how much work they put in in fact Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book one time about I think it was called Turning Point maybe um, but he talked about the Beatles, and he tipping said... Tipping point. Tipping point, yes. And it's like, they weren't an overnight sensation. They spent years and years, you know, playing in, in these pubs, and, you know, and then by the time they were kind of discovered, they'd been playing together forever. And in fact, this new documentary, I mean, this was their last concert they were getting ready to. They were like 28 years old. For their last concert. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't yes. know that. Yeah. They yeah. were young, yeah. and... But you do, you watch them. And in fact, this thing is about them just being taped while they're preparing. They kind of know they're being taped, but you know, you're just, and you do, you watch this, you know, them sparking off each other and all these different things. And and you do. Seeing the creative process. Yeah. And and I think, and it's really cool. Over and over again, you watch these documentaries of these musical people and yeah, it's like they didn't get there by chance. I mean, they... You put the work you, in. They put the work That's in. why yeah. nature works, you know, yeah. versus nurture. Right, yeah. And at some point, they've learned that you have to work. Now, there are people out there, and I'm not going to name their names, whose parents gave up everything to get them over in a place where they had that opportunity. Do we have that opportunity up here in Kellogg, Idaho? Mm, I don't know yeah. if we do. I think where you're at a lot depends yeah. upon... You've got a lot of great singers coming, you know, if you're a country singer, folk singer, that kind of thing coming out of the South, you don't have a lot of them coming out of here. I mean, I think there is something to that. Mm-hmm. And, but, um, but wouldn't it be cool if we 
we became an art community, yes. a yes. creative community. We do have some things around to sort of help with that. I think the I, I think the Sixth Street Theater could could help with that. I think the schools can, if they chose to, be a part of that. We're we're looking at some changes because yeah. of the way our communities are. Education in a whole is changing. Twenty years from now, I don't think it'll look anything like we see today. Uh, yeah. You know, the virtual, all of that, I think. You know, many years ago, were you part of Mona Alfrey's uh, building that was we looked at being built and got the architect? Oh, yeah. yeah. In I, fact, yeah. we're supposed to give you the... I, oh, I, yeah, that's right. I, think. I, have, <laughs> I, I have the picture. It's right back over here. And it's like, oh, my gosh, if we ever had a community that would support things like that mm-hmm. to that point. Yeah. Well, I think about, you know, you talking about kids coming up and doing something um, maybe performance-wise. And I think, yeah, look at how much money many of these parents spend with their sport, you know, with sports, going to camps, going to all this stuff. And, yeah, I mean, if there was... (laughs) But if there was that enthusiasm and that, you know, yeah, I'm going to send my kids to, you know, drama camp or whatever, you know. And, yeah. It's a constant battle. Right. David... Your brother, 1984, my best year of teaching. I know that people think that's crazy that I remember that. My favorite year of teaching. Back then, the basketball coach, the football coach, the wrestling coach, all encouraged their kids to take choir or band. Mm-hmm. And they went to every concert, and they encouraged them to, to uh, really expound that thinking. And what a difference it made mm-hmm. in what happened in our programs and between the community. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just a, a change like that. But right. But then it just turned into everybody's fighting for their little piece of the pie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What have we got to get here? And and what could some of those kids do? You know, kids who are throwing in my class their senior year because they have to have another elective. Right. And four weeks into it, they realize they absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And why didn't I take this sooner? Right. You know, and now I've only got, a, you know, a year to do this. Mm-hmm. It, I just think sometimes um, fighting for creativity where we could be encouraging each other in every way. Mm-hmm. But it is sometimes a survival mode. Mm-hmm. It is. And what choice do we have? So if it takes money, you've got to come up with things to do, you know, mm-hmm. fundraising for the theater. And, oh, my gosh, we've done it all. Yeah. Charging to get into concerts and mm-hmm. how do you pay for this and how do you pay for yeah. that and you really don't have administration that really wants to put money into music mm-hmm. and drama like they mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. and they'll say well we don't put money in it they earn their own money the, the sports yeah. programs and yeah. I don't ask for to see the book work at any point but mm-hmm. I just think well just turn on the TV mm-hmm. but but fortunately I mean I do believe our community is so far, has supported having the different arts. and Well, yeah, we haven't lost it. Yeah. And we can say that for our tiny little community mm-hmm. because a lot of them have. Once again, we've reached the end of another Dreams and Bones episode. And I think you and Joy were correct right there at the end, Carol, when you both talked about how fortunate we are in our small community to have a community that tries to support the arts. You know, Joy said a lot of really good things in this particular episode. And 
One of the things I loved was her sharing about what what she learned by being home alone. And like her wise mother told her, what is, what's God trying to tell you? And one of the wonderful things she learned was that people love her for who she is, not just for what she can do. And in that time of quiet and that time when she had to be home, she learned a lot of really wonderful things. And, and I think we've been learning that, you and I, mm-hmm. over the past couple of years, just of that slowing down and listening and because that's um, not only a great tool to have just in life but it's it helps in creativity as well mm-hmm. yeah I, I think that balance between being a part of the community and having that that good clear communication with those that are around you but also that very quiet time a, a time with the creator is so important As we bring this episode to a close, we'd like to thank our Sacred Community Garden members and this month's podcast subscribers for helping support the Dreams and Bones podcast. If you have found us and you're not a member, but you want to know more about Dreams and Bones, go to www.growmeastory.com where you can find out more about practicing the art of creative living with your hosts, Paul and Carol Willem Roberts. Join us next Friday for part four of our interview with Joy Pursuit on your Dreams and Bones podcast.